Hello, and thank you for listening to the Hilariously Unemployed Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Duckworth, also known as The Big Speaker. My goal with this podcast is ultimately to get someone hired. I know all too well the impacts of unemployment and layoffs. My guest and I hope to provide insight and resources that will support someone in gaining their next opportunity. You can support the Hilariously Unemployed podcast and those who are impacted by unemployment by giving this podcast a five-star review, sharing it with someone who's hiring, or someone who's hilariously unemployed. I hope that you enjoy the show and find some laughter throughout. This episode of the Hilariously Unemployed podcast is sponsored by French's Leadership Solutions. Chief Facilitator Marcy French creates brave spaces for conversations around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And if you're looking to level up your leadership game, Marcy has you covered. From facilitating certifications, including CAM and CAPS, this organization offers top-notch leadership coaching that can equip you with the skills and knowledge you need to excel in your career. And some exciting news for 2024, French's Leadership Solutions will offer one-on-one coaching services. So whether it's life or leadership coaching, you'll have a dedicated guide to help you navigate your personal and professional journey. And did I forget to mention relationship coaching? Now y'all know I'm also hilariously single, but that's for another podcast. Perhaps Marcy can prepare my next group of boyfriends to thrive in a relationship with me. (laughs) But in all seriousness, if you're ready to take your leadership skills to the next level, enhance your organization's DEI efforts, or simply get the personalized coaching you deserve, French's Leadership Solutions is the partner you need. Connect with Marcy now at French at MarcyFrench.com. Hello, and welcome back to the Hilariously Unemployed. This is episode 14 of the podcast. I know, I know you missed me last week, but guess what? I was at my HBCU's homecoming. That's right. I'm a Norfolk State Spartan. And if you follow my journey, you know I went back to school during the pandemic to the HBCU that I started my higher education journey in. And this was my first homecoming as an alumni. So I got to go and show up and show out, y'all. So that is why we did not have an episode last Friday, but I'm back and I'm better than ever. And you know how we do it here. I got some funny things to share with y'all. So... (laughs) One of those things is I got my dog in a garage um, because he likes to make an appearance every single episode. So he is in the garage hanging out today because we do not want his interruptions. I don't know why it happens that way, that every day at three, he just goes off on a tangent and wants to be the star of the show. But he knows that I am the real star. I'm Speak Up Dana, aka the big speaker, if you're not familiar with me. Another thing that I'd like to share with you all today, you know, I have a love of nonprofits and those who are out to service the community. Um, So I just want to bring back up Tidy and Ty. I know we talked about this on a previous episode, but they are now doing a coat drive and you can support that coat drive by going to tidyandtie.org to donate. And what they're trying to do is give the gift of warmth. One of the things that Ty Jackson shared with me in regards to her nonprofit and why she wanted to do this coat drive is that when she first received her son and adopted him, he didn't have a coat. And that was something that really stuck with her. And when she sees children in just hoodies or sweaters, when the weather is really, really bad there in Arkansas, 
it really tugs on her heartstrings and she wanted to do something more. So if you like to provide the gift of warmth to children in Arkansas, you can do so by going to tidyandtie.com. I'm sorry, tidyandtie.org and submitting a donation through that donation link. So they will buy a new, not used, a new coat for children in need there in the Arkansas area. All right, so let's get to the reason why you are really here. You're here to hear another hilarious unemployment story. I mean, sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's not. But today, I know that we are going to get some laughs about this story. When I did my pre-call with my guest, Jessica, I was in stitches. Um, While her unemployment journey is not funny, and I wish that she had employment, of course, the conditions under which her first uh, layoff happened and the place she was in when it happened is what I think you all will find some joy in today. So just a little bit about Jessica. She has over 15 years of experience in product management leadership. Um, She's no stranger to the world of technology. She is a boss in her field, a product management leader and storyteller. She's customer obsessed and an innovator and a change agent. She's also a hilarious y'all. So I want to welcome to the show, Jessica. Jessica, welcome. Hi, Dana. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for being here. And before we get to the question that I ask all of my guests who are hilariously unemployed, I want to ask you another question first. How did you find out about our show? And I say our as if I have a team, but it's really me. But we're dreaming big here. <laughs> yeah, several weeks ago, you had Jay Russ, Jessica Russell on, and she and I actually went to middle school together. So I've known her for quite a while and uh, tuned in for her episode and then ended up going back and listening to all of your other episodes. And so I've been a quote unquote hilarity ever since. Oh, wow. Look at that, y'all. We are building community. So she was connected with Jay Russ. And look at that. I, I swear, every time I have another guest on, I make another connection and another connection. And the community just continues to build itself. And, you know, I just love that so much. I'm just in a space of like how... How far can we take this thing? How big can we build it? Who else can we touch? Who can we impact? And of course, my ultimate goal is to get somebody hired. That hasn't happened yet. So audience, right now, I want you to go to your list of followers and hit that invite button that you see at the very bottom of your live. If anybody in your network has that open to network banner or I'm hiring banner, invite them to the show. They need to see this. Well, hear it, but they can see my pretty picture. Anyway, Jessica, back to you. Tell me how long you've been hilariously unemployed. Sure. So I got laid off on July 6th. So Monday will be four months. Okay. This time. So so not that long. As we know, my expiration date was June the 30th of 2023. So not as long as me and definitely not as long as my last guest who was laid off in February um, and was still struggling to find employment. So can you share a bit uh, about your employment background? You know, my employment background is in multifamily. I'm a speaker, DEI. I don't know too much about product management. I mean, I have products that need to be managed, but could you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually started as an interior designer Mm -hmm. and then ended up in tech 15 years ago, actually starting in tech support and just really quickly realized that I love speaking to customers, understanding, you know, their pain points and coming up with a solution, but I wanted 
to have a bigger say in what the solution was, I wanted to kind of add that creativity to the solution. And so that's kind of where I led down the product management path. So I've spent the majority of my career focused on e-commerce and marketing tech type of products um, in mostly SaaS you know, environments. Mm-hmm. I've done some financial tech and online community um, technology as well. Oh, awesome. And so yeah, so that's pretty much what I focus on. I work a lot with engineers and then obviously, you know, understanding the market, understanding our customers and making sure that what we're building um, aligns with the market and customers as well as our overall business strategy. Okay, so now I have a very good understanding of what it is that you do. Although you're not a people operations person, you're a people person, but you're the people person for the customers. So you are there to make sure that the business is successful and to connect the dots between customer and product. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So have you been watching the amount of layoffs and employment changes that have been happening in the tech industry since that is something that is so kind of close to where you were supporting tech? I've been trying to avoid it, just, you know, be an ostrich, stick my head under the sand um, because it's so depressing. But, um, you know, I think before I got laid off this time around, I honestly didn't have much of a LinkedIn presence, Mm -hmm. probably not as much as I should have. Mm -hmm. And then with the most recent company I was working for, we had launched an alpha product. So we were really trying to drum up a lot of um, interest in that. And so I was spending a lot more time on LinkedIn, connecting with people and sharing, you know, posts about that. And that's where I started seeing a lot more of these constant layoffs in tech. Yeah, it's been a lot. I've actually been following the hashtags and looking when I'm always looking for guests into like my life has just become an unemployment journey. And Everything that I do now revolves around conversations about employment or lack thereof. Um, so I've been seeing it and it's just a massive amount of people are being impacted. And then in my industry, the multifamily industry, I'm seeing the same thing. Every single day, I'm seeing someone that I kind of know or I'm affiliated with or somebody in my network really knows say that they are without a role. And for me, I've always thought as the multifamily industry as one that is similar to healthcare, like there's always going to be a job in multifamily. Um, And then of course we see the same thing in DEI, which that is more understandable to me, uh, regretfully so that I understand why. Um, But I see that the cost cutting is, is really hitting DEI practitioners in those roles that were once, you know, highly sought after. So The tech industry is really (laughs) getting hit hard by this economic shift. And many people are saying that I've applied. I I read an article the other day. She was like, I applied for 500 jobs. That sounds like a nightmare to me. But honestly, I've been doing it for so long. I don't even know what the count is at this point. I could very well be up there with with my good sis who said she'd apply for 500. So, Yeah, no, I um I also have not been keeping track again. I kind of just don't want to think about it too closely. Mm-hmm. Uh, because often I just feel like I'm applying into this like void and don't, you know, there are jobs that I applied to back in July that I still have not even gotten a rejection from. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, I, I don't want to keep track, but I also uh, have become a little bit more targeted in my search over the past couple of months. And so I'm 
trying to go away from the spray and pray mentality of applying and just really trying to stay more focused on what I'm really wanting to do. Yeah. And we'll unpack that a little bit more later, talking about the application process and, and the best way to go about it. But for now, we have to give the people what they came for. They need to hear your unemployment story. So let's talk about your first, because you're a two-time offender. <laughs> let's talk about your first. <laughs> your first layoff. Please share the background and some of that story with me. And then, you know, I'm going to interject because the story is just one that is hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, like, uh, like was said, I was, uh, laid off twice in 2023 and the first one I I knew was coming I just didn't know the time frame so at my previous company I was on the executive leadership team I was very you know instrumental in actually getting us acquired so I knew my job essentially came with an expiration date mm-hmm. I just didn't know when that date would be and so we had gotten acquired in November of 2022 And we had about a two-month transition period. And in January, my family went to Disney World. It was my kids' Christmas slash Hanukkah present. Mm -hmm. And we were standing in line for the coveted Rise of of Resistance ride um, that you, by the way, have to spend extra money to get, like, the Fast Pass for. So we were in line for this when I get the official call uh, that... I no longer had a job. So um, Disney is no longer the happiest place on earth. <laughs> um, not like I, it's not funny, but it's hilarious. It's like, what? Yeah, it, it was It was the middle of our trip. So, you know, I, I tried to make the best of it. We still went on the ride. Uh, <laughs> No, wait a minute. No, because my stomach would have been in shambles. There's no way I would have been able to still stay in line. Like how 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 long had you been in line and how close were you to the actual ride? Sure. So yeah, so if you don't pay for the, the Genie Plus fast pass, you're like looking at like up to four hours to be on this line. Mm-hmm. So we have paid the money to have like a 45 minute wait or an hour long wait, whatever it was. And we were already at least halfway through the line. Mm-hmm. Actually, we were further because it got to the point where we were going to go into this like cave mm-hmm. for the queue. And I had to start letting people go in front of us so that I wouldn't lose the call. <laughs> Jessica. So, there was no turning back at that point. We were, we were very committed to going on the ride um, because my son is a huge Star Wars fan. Oh. Um so yeah, we went on the ride and you know made the best of the rest of the week. Um, which again, I knew it was coming. I just didn't know the timing and didn't think you know that I was necessarily going to get the call while I was on my family vacation. <laughs> Not only are you on vacation, also this is a gift to your child. Um, you are standing in line. You spend the extra money for a fast pass. You are standing in line. You are preparing to go on this ride. You get this call. You let people go in front of you while you're on this call trying to hear your layoff news. Like, that is wild to me. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, uh, 
it was not the best timing. <laughs> Did you let the other person, the person on the other end of the line, know that you were at Disney in line? Well, he knew, and you know, he he's like, "Hey, I know you're at Disney. I'm really sorry to call you right now, but um, I just wanted to let you know that you're officially done as of like, I think like Saturday." And I was like, "Well, I'm." on vacation as you know and it's like yeah so I don't expect you to do anything but I just wanted to give you the heads up wow I know you're at Disney but also (laughs) yeah I would not have been able to go on the ride all of my emotions go directly to my stomach so there's no way I would have been able to make that you are a trooper not a stormtrooper but you are a trooper (laughs) I think that's a good thing um yeah no it was not not the best timing, um, but luckily because I knew that the layoff was coming, mm-hmm. I had been, you know, proactively interviewing, and I actually already had something sort of lined up. Um, mm-hmm. So I was able to, you know, I, I think like I had ten days before I officially started my next role. Okay, so it worked out sort of okay. <laughs> Did the news in any way like dampen your trip or change your mood? How did you kind of deal with your emotions or channel that throughout the rest of your vacation? It, it didn't because I mean it didn't and it didn't. Um, I I think because I knew it was coming, and honestly, like at the point that we finally got acquired, it was such a big ordeal for like the past year of my life that mm-hmm. I was just kind of done. Yeah. And so I think if I didn't have anything else lined up, I would have maybe had a harder time with it. Mm-hmm. But I think the one thing, like we were going to potentially try to get one more character breakfast in before we left the last day. And mm-hmm. we ended up not doing it because these meals, like everything at Disney just equals a lot of money. Yeah. Um, I really have like, sorry for anyone on the call who likes Disney, but I really have like no desire to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, it's just, it was kind of like money that we didn't feel like we needed to spend once I officially got the layoff news. Um, but other than that, it was just, yeah, it was just like, okay, well, on to the next thing. So no breakfast with Mickey on that last day, but otherwise the trip was a good one. Yeah, it was a lot, it was a lot of fun. My kids loved it. Um, my daughter we took once when she was really young and she had no memory of it. Mm-hmm. And then my son had never been, so they had a great time. And so getting to watch them enjoy it was really, you know, more important to me than worrying about the job situation at that point yeah so talk to me a little bit about the acquisition and do you know like the reason that they were looking to be acquired or kind of talk us through that transition in that process I think sure so when um when our board had kind of took us over we were kind of like this add-on package to this other like to our sister company who they really had interest in Mm -hmm. um so they were never really in the online community game they were really in the digital ad space game which is what our sister company did okay and so I think they were trying to kind of do a hands-off like to someone else who was more interested in what our business had to offer Mm -hmm. um so there's I mean we went through several potential investors looking, you know, to see who who was interested in acquiring us. And it was a very long, tedious process, a lot of work on weekends, a lot of reports that I had to build out, presentations I had to, you know, provide. So 
I think that's also why by the time the layoff happened, I was like, okay, that's great. I'm going to enjoy the rest of my vacation now. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to go get me a pretzel and an ice cream cone and enjoy Disney. Uh, like you probably were burnt out by that at that point. And it's like, all right, no, I'm literally in the happiest place on earth. So this cannot ruin my time here. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So you said that you had a new role within 10 days of finding out that you were laid off from that previous role. Talk to me about how you were so proactively able to find a new role that time and the difference in this time in trying to find something. Sure. So the last time, because we got acquired in November, that's when I started looking because I honestly didn't know how long the company that acquired us was going to keep us in like a transition mode. Mm -hmm. So I started looking in November. I reached out to some previous recruiters and colleagues I had worked with saying, Hey, I'm looking for my next opportunity. And one of the recruiters I had previously worked with um, was now a in-house recruiter for our company. And so they were looking to hire a lead product manager. Mm -hmm. And so I got in, I went through, you know, a few rounds of interviews, had, you know, really great conversations. Um, and then <laughs> before we left for Disney, I got the word that they decided as a startup, they needed to really hire more engineers and designers before they invested in a lead product manager so, the, so that they were going to put the position on hold. Mm -hmm. But the head of marketing, who I had interviewed with during my process, had really liked me. And I do have a lot of product marketing background as being a product manager. A lot of times you kind of wear both of those hats. So she liked my um, experience and was interested in hiring me for that role. Mm -hmm. But the salary was going to be a lot less and I wasn't sure I wanted to commit to that full time. Okay. So the recruiter said, hey, I know you're about to go on a family vacation. Let's connect when you're back. So when I got back, I said, Hey, um, so I did officially get laid off. Like I knew it was coming. Mm -hmm. I know you're not ready to hire this lead product role yet, but would you be open to me consulting in the product marketing role until you're ready to hire the lead product role? Mm -hmm. And she said, absolutely. Let's, let's get you in. When can you start? And I started 10 days later. Wow. Okay. So you, you kind of made that position for yourself in a, and a route that I think uh, a lot of people are doing, like consulting is, I don't know, consulting is that girl. I talked about it with my last guest and like consulting is like, you get to date all the boys. Okay. I get to have all the dates. I get to go wherever it is I want with them and I don't have to be tied down. Exactly. I, I am exactly. not exclusive at all. Okay. I am open to all of the suitors. That's how I feel about consulting. And I really enjoy that. Yeah, I had a great time uh, consulting with them in a product marketing capacity. And that was supposed to be for about three months mm -hmm. um, before they were going to be ready to hire the lead product person. And then about a month and a half in, I actually got made full time mm -hmm. um, as a senior manager of product operations. Mm -hmm. And that role lasted for about three weeks. And then our co-founders decided to switch completely from a social e-commerce company to an AI company. <laughs> um, 
And at that point, there was actually a round of layoffs, uh, which I made it through safely and was actually then, full circle moment here, made a lead product manager um, and got moved to the executive leadership team. Okay. So then I was leading a cross-functional team of product design and engineers um, as we as we kind of went through this pivot and I was, you know, helping us get ready to launch our alpha release. Um, we, you know, we got a bunch of users. I think we had like in the first few weeks over 1,500 users. Mm-hmm. We were setting up different, you know, Discord channels and user testing with them and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of pressure because we had to move really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so did that for a few months. And then in July, uh, I guess the investors decided, okay, you went from this fairly established startup to a brand new startup. So now you need to cut your team. Um, and so I, unfortunately, that's when I got laid off for the second time in 2023. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I need to go back child because this it's not funny, Jessica, but it's funny. <laughs> Wait. So you are working with this company and they decide to completely pivot everything that they're doing into an AI company. Tell me, like, dumb it down for me for the non-tech brain and tell me what they were doing before and then how different it was from what they started to do with AI. Okay, so... <laughs> When I first joined, they were essentially like a social e-commerce company. They helped creators and influencers um, in the social creator economy sell different goods and services like ebooks or um, did a lot of like gaming, uh, fitness plans, things like that. Like, so if people, a lot of times will have like a link in bio, that's actually kind of what they started as. Mm-hmm. Um, in their like Instagram or TikTok, and it would link to various apps, and they could monetize those apps. That's okay. kind of what it was okay. starting, and it was really like in my wheelhouse. That's what I was so excited about with joining the company because I have that e-commerce background. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was I was loving working in that capacity, um, and then once they pivoted to AI. Um, I, well, I should say I'm not, I feel like maybe just because I'm still following them on LinkedIn. And I, I mean, just to say it, I wish them the best. Of course. And I'm trying to sort of follow um, what they've been doing. And it looks like they've maybe shifted a little bit of what they were planning from like what they were originally planning to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I, they're trying to build kind of a marketplace of different AI apps. Mm-hmm that people can build really without code and then they can monetize. So I've seen like different types of apps and I see that, you know, the CEO keeps posting all these different like AI apps that are being built by their alpha and beta users. I think they're in beta now. I'm not, I I believe, I don't want to speak out of uh, turn there. Um, So I think what they're doing is really cool and I'm sad to not be a part of it anymore, but it was, it was definitely a big shift from where we had come from. So you say you're sad to not be a part of it. So question, would you go back based on your experience? Yeah, I mean, potentially if there was space for me and I, I you know, left on good terms and uh, the CEO actually posted a few times on my behalf, like, hey, hire this product manager. She's awesome. So, yeah. um, def- you know, 
like I said, I wish them the best. I, I get excited seeing what they're working on. Yeah. And I would certainly be open to going back if it worked out. Um, Mm -hmm. But right now I'm supporting them from the sidelines. Yeah. That's awesome. Shout out to the good CEOs out there, man, because it truly makes a difference. I don't know if I've ever told you all, but the CEO of the organization that I was laid off from, he honestly was like, hey, how can I help you? And he tapped me in with another company that does executive leadership coaching, and they needed somebody to support customers with DEI. So shout out to the good CEOs who know that like, hey, this person, you're losing them, but that doesn't mean that they're not still a fan of your product, a fan of your organization. And if there is something in your power that you can do to support them, why not, man? Why not? I'm I'm really grateful that my CEO supported me in that way. Um, he also told me, hey, you're CEO now. It sucks. So yeah, it does. <laughs> Um, I have so many jobs and so many responsibilities, but also am hilariously unemployed. So it does suck. And entrepreneurship is not amazing sometimes. But here we are. And I complain, but I'm happy. So <laughs> you got laid off two times in, in a very short time frame. So tell me what your emotional state was, how you're feeling, kind of how you managed. Um, because the second one was pretty unexpected. Um, how did you manage after getting that news? So, yeah, the second one was definitely unexpected. I hopped on for my one-on-one with the CEO, my like my weekly, you know, check-in mm-hmm. and our HR person was there and that's, oh, no, you want an HR, but that's never a good sign. You already know what's going down. You hop on the call of the HR box on that Zoom, <laughs> you just hang up. Yeah, so I mean, it was definitely unexpected, and I took a few days to grieve, but mm-hmm. I was actually about to go on vacation with my family to the beach, so Yay. every summer, yeah, I'm just never going to take PTO again, because it's clearly just not a good thing for me, um, but so every summer we go and just do like an Airbnb at the at Carolina Beach, and um, so we were leaving in like three days, and I think my official like last day of employment was actually while I was on like planned PTO, mm. if I remember correctly. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of went into the beach vacation thinking, okay, I'm going to enjoy my week mm-hmm. and enjoy my time off and enjoy time with my kids, you know, playing in the sand and whatever. And then I will jump into it when I get back. Um so that's what I did. I think about halfway through my week there, it was like raining one night. So we were stuck in the Airbnb and I ended up doing my like doomsday, like I've been laid off post for LinkedIn mm-hmm. and that got a good response. Um, but I didn't officially really start looking for jobs or fixing my resume or doing any of those kind of things until we got back the following week. I mean, rightfully so. And you're not the only one who's kind of shared that they um, had a vacation planned or were on vacation or went to a vacation. I highly recommend post-breakup vacations. So whether you're breaking up with your spouse or your employer, I recommend it. I know it seems like a space of like, hey, I shouldn't be spending any money or I shouldn't be doing this. I should be focused on what's next. But really and truly like that downtime to just decompress and be like, all right, my life is okay. 
I am okay. I am still able to enjoy things. I am going to figure it out. I highly recommend a post breakup trip, girls trip, whatever, whatever kind of trips you're into. I recommend that if you're getting laid off um, or you get laid off or somebody breaks your heart, whatever it is, like going to maybe don't go to Disney because that's very expensive. Uh, <laughs> but the beach vacation sounds nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's low key. It, you know, I got to just do like my favorite thing and like sit on the beach and listen to podcasts or read, which honestly I never get time to do when I am working. So it was it was a nice little break, and it really like kind of set me up to go into the job search the following week. Mm -hmm. Okay, so talk to me a little bit about your job search and any tips or tricks that have worked for you, and how you've been dealing with that. What's your process? Uh, my process has shifted a lot in the past four months. So my first process was trying to get my resume up to date. And again, like I mentioned earlier, I kind of started with like this spray and pray mentality and just started applying to anything that sounded like it was a potentially good fit and clearly was not seeing success with that method. And clearly the internet gods just saw that I was trying to apply for a job and started posting all these ads for career coaches. Mm -hmm. and then I started um, complimenting or, you know, thinking about doing that and talked to a few different career coaches and ended up signing up with one who I want to shout out, uh, Lynn Levy. Um, she is a product management focused career coach. So I joined her program end of July, beginning of August, I guess, is the time frame. And uh, it's been really good, not only from a coaching perspective, but just from a support group like perspective, because I'm in a group with a ton of other, you know, product managers, mm -hmm. and we're all going through the same kind of thing. Okay. And so, I, you know, I can talk to my husband, I can talk to my mom, I can, you know, talk to my friends, but they don't necessarily get it the same way that this group does. Yeah. So it's been really helpful just from a support perspective. And then obviously the coaching and your you know, resume and like uh, LinkedIn reviews. So I actually feel like when I'm applying to jobs, I actually have a direction. Mm -hmm. I'm not just doing the spray and pray. And, you know, I have like a very specific focus on what type of jobs I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. And my resume is targeted towards that. So that I'm not having to like completely recreate a resume for every single job. It's like pretty targeted already. Yeah. Um, and same with my LinkedIn. So I feel like a lot more confident going into those interviews or going, you know, applying to jobs. So it's been really helpful. Yeah. I love that you said that you have that community through finding that coach. Um, I think that this podcast has truly been like therapy, like therapeutic for me. And just because like you can talk to anybody about your, your layoff and what your day to day looks like and how applying for jobs is just madness. But to sit with somebody who's in the same space and share your story with them and hear their story and like have your struggles like validated like no this is a real thing that is happening to many of us many 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 people um that they're dealing with on a daily basis and it's hard and it may not be you today but it could be you tomorrow and community is truly the way through it having people that understand um or people will just listen to you as you go through the many ups and downs in the roller coaster of unemployment. And speaking of the roller coaster, not to get back to Disney World because that's not where I was going, but <laughs> I can't wait to name this episode also. <laughs> you see, don't talk about that one. 
just know it's gonna have something to do with the happiest place on earth. Um, let's talk about the jungle of unemployment compensation and some of the issues that you faced when you first shot your shot and decided you were gonna apply for it. And then also tell my audience why you have why you have given up and decided not to even go that route. Yeah, absolutely. So I did sign up when I first became unemployed. I don't know, maybe a few weeks after I became unemployed. Um, but then when I joined the coaching program, there's, you know, there's all these different modules in the coaching program, which are really helpful to go through. But I was spending more time doing that and not so much applying to jobs because then I very quickly realized, okay, my resume is maybe not as good as I thought it was. There's things I need to work on. Um, so I'm going to take a little bit of a break from applying to jobs. So then I wasn't even going to qualify for unemployment. Mm. Then I got a message that uh, they were changing the login procedure for the North Carolina unemployment. So then every time I would try to log in, it kept telling me it didn't recognize me. So that was always fun. Um, <laughs> so I constantly had to reset everything. And then I recently saw something that North Carolina unemployment is so backed up that like I wouldn't even expect to get a payment until January of next year. And so at that point, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to take a break because the $350 I think I would get each week is not even worth my time to try and figure this out. Um, so hopefully, knock on wood, I will be no longer hilariously unemployed by January. Otherwise, I may rethink things. But um, yeah, I just, I, I decided the ROI on the, on the time investment there wasn't worth it. Yeah, not great. Not great. It does take a lot of time, a lot of effort in the process. It's just mind numbing. Jay Rush shared on her episode that there are two systems that you have to use there in North Carolina that don't really sync up with each other. And there were just so many conflicts. And I told y'all, I get anxiety even calling because of the amount of questions um, the way that the questions are worded is like, were you available to work? Yes. Did anybody give me a job? No. Like, <laughs> that's why I'm calling you back this week. Um, so the process is just a nightmare for folks. And I wish there was some way that I could make it better. Hopefully somebody hears my gripes on this podcast and decides we need to get some people hired over at the unemployment office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all across the world all across the country yeah the process should not be that way at all let's talk a little bit about the september surge and what we were hearing was going to happen in september and definitely did not surge yeah um i feel like i was lied to because <laughs> no I'm just, um no i just i kept hearing september surge september surge get your you know get make sure everything's ready make sure you reached out to your network the september surge is coming you're going to have all these jobs to apply to. People are going to start getting jobs. And maybe it picked up a little bit, but there was no September surge. It, like, I honestly, just from my personal experience, feel like things haven't really started picking up until maybe the first or second week of October. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that might just be my personal experience, but like October is definitely when I've started to see um, more recruiters reaching out to me on LinkedIn. I've had several like previous colleagues connect me and uh, refer me for positions. Um, so that's been great and really helpful and greatly appreciated. But um, yeah, that really wasn't happening a ton until like, I want to say the second week of October. 
Yeah, the September surge was definitely a lie. Um, it didn't happen. It wasn't a thing. It did not exist. Somebody made it up and thought it was cute, and they put those two words together, and <laughs> nothing surged when it came to jobs in September. Uh, nobody called me, and that's okay. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> nobody called me, and that is okay. But people definitely were saying that September was going to be when things started to pick up. And I know we joked a little bit about like going to get seasonal jobs at Target. And you said that now you can't even get those. Yeah, I was hearing that like people were trying to get even part-time like seasonal work and they were getting turned away from that as well. And then the other thing I was experiencing, like I would get an interview based on an application like one time I got a, a call from a recruiter on a Monday, set up a first round interview for Wednesday. And then an hour before that interview, it got canceled because they decided to do away with the position. Wow. That's a quick turnaround. It happens though. Um, when I worked in people ops, we would have a wreck and then be like, Oh no, just kidding. We're not going to be doing that. Um, so these shifts do happen in business and they definitely impact the job seeker when the company decides to go in another direction or decides that they can't actually fulfill that role or don't want to fulfill that role at that time. Let's talk a little bit about what your ideal next role would be. And I just want to go ahead and say to the audience, if you all have any questions, would like to come up on stage, ask any questions of myself, my guest, or share any feedback for us, you can start to raise your hands now and I will allow you up on stage. But first, back to you, Jessica. What is your next role going to look like in, in in the most ideal way? Yeah, my next role, I'm looking really for a director or like head of product type position. Uh, staying in, you know, SaaS, I, I have um, a few different jobs I've been interviewing for lately that I'm really excited about. So I'm hopeful, like knock on wood, that maybe one of those will pan out. Um but yeah, I just, I really enjoy, you know, being very strategic and uh, working on like an overall uh, plan. I like the more strategic versus tactical side of product management typically. Um, and I really enjoy the mentoring and coaching aspect of team management. Yeah. Um, so even when I, you know, even though I've been hilariously unemployed for the past few months, I've still enjoyed mentoring in, um, in some of my spare time. So I definitely want to continue down that path as well. Okay, y'all heard it here. So if you know anybody in your network who is looking for someone as dynamic as Jessica to join their team and to drive them towards success, please be sure to share her LinkedIn profile with them. Audience, if there are any questions, go ahead and hit that raise hand feature. I will get you up on the stage. In the meantime, I want to tell you all that the Hilariously Unemployed is truly a, a community. So I encourage you, if this is your first time here, to go ahead and click on my beautiful photo and my yellow blazer and add me to your network. Please do the same for Jessica. Add her to your network. And all these little bubbles that you see beside you here in the audience, join their network as well. LinkedIn is about connecting and you never know who is there with your next opportunity. Even if you don't need an opportunity right now, you might need one down the line. And who knows if that connection you made here today at the Hilariously Unemployed will be the first stop on that new opportunity journey. Any questions before I go on a rant about many things that I just want to share with you all? 
All right. So I do want to tell you all that the podcast shop is still up and open and we do have some more hoodies and I have made some additional sizes available for pre-order. So if you are, in fact, a Hilary and want to wear the most comfortable swag ever, I've got you covered. You can go on over to my LinkedIn bio and click visit my store to go and check out the Hilariously Unemployed podcast store and get your hoodie on. I have heard from multiple sources, not just me and not just my teenage son who has one. He didn't pay, by the way, um, that they are the most comfortable hoodies. And I, in fact, know somebody that wore one four days in a row. Not going to say any names, but thank you for your support. We appreciate you. You know you can buy another one if you need it. I'm going to work on some other colorways. This person may be laughing in the audience. I will not identify her, but she has identified herself. Um, I'm going to be on the run next week. I am going to be in a lot of places uh, spreading my message and speaking up, Dana. So you will see another big speaker week uh, like I had a couple of weeks ago where I'll be speaking in a workshop. I'm doing, we're calling me the 20 minute keynote killer in case y'all didn't know, doing another 20 minute keynote for an organization as well and some trainings and webinars that I have coming up. All right, without anything else to share here today if nobody wants to come on stage jessica please provide some insights and things that you think will resonate with the audience of people like myself like yourself who are hilariously unemployed any light you can provide them any just glimmer of hope um as you have been you know you're navigating your journey you're a two-time offender of layoffs but you have a great spirit about you and you were able to cackle and laugh about that whole Disney story with me. So <laughs> what would you like the next person to know who was in the situation that we were months ago? Well, I think, first of all, I think I need to add two-time offender to my LinkedIn headline. Yeah. Um, I think it's really make it stand out. Um, I would say a, a couple of things. One is, do not spend your entire day staring at LinkedIn on your computer. It's depressing and it's really just not going to get you anywhere. So take breaks, go walk. Um, I actually, for the first time, I am 38 years old, for the first time in my life, mowed the lawn this summer because my husband hurt his back and that's usually one of his chores Mm -hmm. and he couldn't do it. And being hilariously unemployed, I was not going to pay for lawn maintenance. So I learned how to mow the lawn and turns out I really like it. I pop in my podcast and it's like my little Zen time slash three hours of exercise. Mm-hmm. So I was three trying hours. <laughs> oh, three hours. Oh yeah. It took, and I, let's see what, what else I taught my kids how to ride their bikes this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to do some more traveling. I went to New York and to Charleston. Um, so like, you know, do things that are not just job searching if you can. Um, you know, you have to stay sane, the exercise, do whatever self-care is going to be helpful for you. And then the other thing is really try to reach out to your networks. And um, you're, I just think you're going to have a lot better success going through your network. I know I always have in my career than just applying cold um, on LinkedIn or on other job boards. Not saying it can't happen, but the, the network's really key. Yes, the network is key. The network is strong. This is the only platform built for social media, networking, connection, and employment. This is where it should be getting done more often than not. Um, So make those connections, make solid, real connections with folks. And hopefully 
on the other side of that is your next opportunity. Jessica, I cannot thank you enough for being such a great sport um, and allowing me to laugh at your Disney story because, child, that is just the type of material we we eat up right here at the Hilariously Unemployed. So <laughs> thank you for your candor and for you sharing your story. I wish you the best of luck in finding your next opportunity. If there's anything I can do or anybody in my network that I can tap you into, please be sure to let me know. Don't be shy. This has been another episode of the Hilariously Unemployed Podcast. This is episode 14. I'm thankful and grateful that you all decided to stop by on another Friday. And if you're listening to this on your podcast platforms, be sure to leave your girl a five-star review, subscribe and share it. It really helps the share grow until the show grow. Until next time, y'all. Bye.